next couple of chapters, amen, there's a lot there that we need to really dig in and, and find out what God's looking for in the church today, amen. But if you do have your Bibles and uh, you don't have to stay standing here in just a moment, I'm going to get to it. I'm just going to do a re quick recap of, of what we had last week. In fact, if you do have your Bible, we can actually just read Acts, Acts chapter 1, um, and we'll just read just verses 1 through 3. And uh, the Bible says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Amen. And uh, we want, we're going to dig into a little bit more of what Jesus told his disciples, amen, before they went to Jerusalem. But we're going to dig into the word of God, amen. Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts before we're seated here this evening. Can we do that right now? Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. God, I'm asking God that you would anoint my lips tonight, that I say the only the things you won't say tonight. God, anoint my mind today, Lord, that I could, God, only say what you prompt me to do and say, God, I'm asking that you would anoint our hearts and minds and our ears tonight, that we could hear your voice, God, and that your, your, the seed of your word could find fertile soil in our heart today. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for your grace here tonight. We love you, Jesus. Can we give him a hand clap of praise right now? Lord, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you tonight, God. Lord, you're worthy to be praised. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can be seated this evening. Amen. Just don't go to sleep on me, all right? Praise God. Now, last week, <clears throat> we began to go through Acts chapter number 1, and I was able to get through four verses <clears throat> of Scripture. Tonight, I'm hoping to at least get to verses 13 and 14, amen, because there, there's a lot of stuff that I want to dig in there. But just ride with me for a little bit, amen. Last week, we finished up talking about the promise of the Father, and uh, we, we got to talking about Jesus saying that he, he was going to give us a comforter and that he had to go to his father. He had to go away so that he could come back to us, amen, that he may be in us and not just with us. We talked about that closing out last week. And uh, I want to pick up where we left off last week. Last week we were talking about the promise that he was given to his disciples in John chapter 14. And John chapter 15, and then he, he was reiterating that here at the end of Luke and the beginning of Acts. Um, just a, another quick recap in case you have forgotten. Um, Luke, the one who wrote the gospel of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. And both of these books were letters written to the same exact person. And I showed you the scriptures in that last week. Um, the man's name was Theophilus. Um, in fact, uh, it is actually speculated that Theophilus wasn't actually somebody's name, but it was a title that somebody had, and it was a, uh, I don't know the right proper term, but essentially it was a fake name that he was writing to because this individual was high up in the Roman uh, government from what I understood, and they didn't want to be caught sympathizing with the Christians. And uh, so Luke was writing these letters, um, and, and he was actually mandated by this Roman um, official that had sent him back into Jerusalem and to Bethlehem and all that region to, to uh, interview all of those that had, had spent time with Jesus. And so here we have Luke as a, a absolute depiction of what Christ's life was like from the time he was born until the time he ascended into heaven. And then in Acts chapter number 1 through verse cha chapter number 28, we have uh, Luke's 
depiction of the life of Christ or the, the body of Christ after he ascends into heaven. Amen. And so we have from the time Jesus was born to the time he died until the time he has ascended. And then in Acts, we pick up where he ascended into heaven. And then in Acts chapter 28, we close where the apostle Paul is in prison. All right. And so, uh, in fact, Acts, um, Acts, there's a lot of uh, detail around the stories of the Apostle Paul. And one of the reasons is because Luke traveled with Paul on many of his uh, missionary journeys. And you heard me say my opinion was likely somebody was there. Obviously, God would take care of him. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. But Luke was an actual physician. He was a doctor, and uh, my thinking is also that he, he, did, uh, he did help the Apostle Paul on many occasions when he would find himself in a bad place, in a bad predicament. Amen. Just using reasoning. I'm not saying that's absolutely the truth. Amen. But I do know he was with him often. Praise God. And here we got, we got uh, verses 1 through 4. We have uh, the writer of Acts beginning to address the letter to whom he is writing and explaining what he is about to uh, unfold for the reader of this letter. And here in verse number 4, we find that Jesus, this is where we ended up last week, Jesus said, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. Everybody say Jerusalem. All right, everybody else say Jerusalem. Amen. Jerusalem. Um, that's important. We're going to talk about that here in just a few moments. But he said, go on and wait for the promise of the Father, which, saith he, you have heard of me. And so tonight, before we get back into the conversation of Jerusalem, I, I want to talk about verse number 5. I want you to notice something here. In, in, in Acts chapter number 1, verse number 5, the Bible says, for John, Jesus is speaking here. He said, for John truly baptized with water. Now, what's, what, what is he referring to? He's talking about the John the Baptist, right? He's talking about his cousin who was baptizing people in the wilderness before he came and even baptized him. And he said, hey, just like John was baptizing people in water. We've talked about baptism before. And uh, I'm not going to get too much into it because we're going to deal with that later in this lesson, in these lessons. But, but he is saying, hey, look, just like John would take people and he would immerse them under the water and he would bring them back out. Amen. You understand immersion means they were completely engulfed in the water. All right. They were completely under the water. He says, but you shall be baptized, same term he used here, with what? The Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Now, what I want to I point out is Jesus said, just like you have to go into the water completely engulfed in the water, he said, there's going to be a time in your life disciples, that you're going to be completely engulfed in the Holy Ghost or by my Spirit. Amen. We read about that in Acts chapter number 2. But I want you to understand, I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. I want you to see something here. Amen. The, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he says this. He says, for by one spirit uh, were you baptized, were we all baptized into uh, one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentile, he said, I don't care who you are, I don't care who your mama is, I don't care who your daddy is, I don't care how much money you got in the bank, I don't care how, how poor you may be, he said, for by one spirit are we all Everybody understand what all means. Everything. There is no exclusion. Everybody has the opportunity to be baptized by the Spirit into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles. Whether we be bond or free. 
we have all been made to drink into one spirit. And we know who that spirit is, and that is Jesus. Amen. He is the one who gave us this privilege to have eternal life. Amen. That means life without end. Praise God. And here again, you, you will see that the body of Christ, as in the book of Acts, uh, we see Jesus working through his body, which is the church. We are the body of Christ today. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you are a part of the body of Christ. You are a part of the church. And as such, it ought not be just a single experience of baptism of the Holy Ghost that we abide in. But rather, we should be completely immersed in His Spirit every day, Brother Tuffy. Every day that I wake up, I need to ensure that I am abiding in the glorious presence of God. And how do I do that? It's by finding a place to pray and spending some time on my knees ensuring that my will has been brought under subjection to his will. Well, praise God. Yes, we who have been baptized with water in the name of Jesus and have been baptized with the Holy Ghost have now become the church of Jesus Christ. Or rather, can I say it this way, we are the body of Christ. Amen. Now I got some things running through my mind. I'm, I'm trying to hold those off for a few moments because I, I, I want to get to another section. I want to lay some groundwork before I unfold those pieces. Amen. <clears throat> but so number one tonight I want you to grasp is you need to be engulfed. You need to be immersed. You need to be completely surrounded by the Holy Ghost. You need a baptism of the Holy Ghost, just like you got it the first time. Amen. Let it take you a little bit deeper this time. Amen. When I wake up tomorrow, God, I want to spend some time in your presence so that I can walk in the Spirit. Amen. How can I walk in the Spirit if I'm not seeking after the Spirit? If I'm not walking alongside where He's leading me? Amen. I'm trying to do things my own, on my own ability. Amen. How can I walk in the Spirit if I'm not filled with the Spirit? Amen. Praise God. Acts chapter number 1, verses 6 through 8. I want you to read this with me. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. The Bible tells us, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, I want to stop for just a moment, and we'll continue on. But I want you to notice the questions that they're asking Jesus. They said, Jesus... Is today the day that you're going to give us the overthrowing of the Roman government? Is today the day that you are going to restore the kingdom of Jerusalem to the kingdom of Israel? Is that going to happen today? Is that going to happen soon, Jesus? We, we, we're sick and tired of the Roman government overthrowing our local governments. Uh, thank God they have allowed us to maintain some of our practices and some of the things that we know we need to do. But we're sick and tired of the oppression of the Romans. Amen. Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel, Jesus? They're worried. They want to know. They want assurance about the world that they understand, the world that they know. But Jesus responded to that question. And he said this, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. He said, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you 
and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, I don't know who it was that was asking Jesus this question. But he didn't, he didn't get on to him or anything to that effect. All he did was say, hey, I think you need to raise your eyes a little bit higher than what you're looking at today. All you're considering is the here and the now and the circumstances that are surrounding you today. But I want you to take note that Jesus' interest was not in the then Jerusalem. It was not the, the then um, kingdom of Israel, but rather it was the kingdom of heaven that he had in his mind that day. And he wanted to realign them with the purpose of which he had called them there that day before he ascended. And he said, hey, don't worry about the times or the seasons of things going on here on earth. He said, but I, what I do want you to pay attention to is God is going to give you power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. And I'm going to tell you, you shall be witnesses to me. You're going to testify to the goodness of God. And you're going to lead those that are, are looking for help and stability in their life. Uh, they're looking for peace. Uh, you're going to have the message to preach to them. And you're going to be able to reach out and begin to help them. And Jesus was not interested in overthrowing the Roman go government at the time. But I can tell you this, it was for them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That was his interest. He was interested in getting out of this world so that he could come back and abide inside of his disciples. That they could become witnesses and soul winners. So that they could abide by the purpose for which he had told them, I am calling you into my kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. We have the account from Matthew. Go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We have the, the commission from Mark, chapter number 16. He said, hey, you're going to go out there, and there's going to be signs following the believers. Uh, amen. You're, gonna, you're going to cast out devils. Uh, amen. And you're going to speak with new tongues, uh, and you're going to have to go out there and preach uh, this gospel to everybody that's around you. Amen. And then you get Luke, chapter number 24, and we're going to get there in just a moment. But he is... He, he opened their understanding to the word of God. And he told them, you're going to preach in my name, repentance for the remission of sins. And you're going to preach the promise of the Father. Amen. And so we find in John as well, he said, hey guys, I've called you not to be fishermen, but to be fishers of men. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ah, uh, hallelujah. I've been talking about witnessing quite a bit of, of late. Uh, amen. But I cannot get away from this subject. Uh, amen. I don't care how many times we go through, uh, how, how long it takes us to get through the book of Acts, but you're going to see a common thread throughout the book of Acts. And that is, hey, yeah, they have situations to deal with, uh, but next thing you find out, they're preaching the gospel. Amen. Yes, they're dealing with a problem here, and the next thing you find out, God fills them with the Holy Ghost uh, because they're seeking out to him and then they're preaching the gospel anew and afresh again. Amen. They're proclaiming the name of Jesus all over again. And so here the power, amen, that they are going to receive is that through the Holy Ghost. Amen. The gift of the Holy Ghost. The promise of the Father. It is interesting to note that not one miracle or one healing is recorded on the day of Pentecost. Challenge you to go back through Acts chapter number 2 on that day of Pentecost and, and find one noted miracle. I'm not saying it didn't absolutely happen, but I'm just going to say they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Other than the infilling with the Holy Ghost, there was only one purpose on God's mind that day, and that was outpouring His Spirit upon those who were seeking after Him. My God. 
Hallelujah. That's what God's looking for today. You got to understand, amen, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who they were that day. It didn't matter because you, you got to understand, Peter is preaching to people, Donnie, that were standing there pointing their fingers at Jesus, screaming, crucify him, crucify him. But yet Jesus had mercy on those same exact people that day and his only purpose on the day of Pentecost was one and it was the same as what he had been telling his disciples in Luke 24 and it's the same as what he was telling them in in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 go to Jerusalem and dwell and tarry there until you be endued with power from on high hallelujah God wants to fill souls with the Holy Ghost. He wants to do it more than we want to see it happen, Brother Tuffy. Let me tell you something. I am not surprised that since we've been praying for souls, since we've been seeking God to open the doors, Brother Darren was telling me of family members that have been coming and asking questions and even some that are considering to move. I don't know. God knows what he's doing. Let me tell you something. I got a phone call yesterday, amen, of a family that are seeking. They're seeking help. They're looking for God, amen. And I was able to spend about 30, 40 minutes talking to her on the phone. Let me tell you something. God is on the move right now and God is stirring hearts we have to obey we've got to be willing let me tell you something I I thought I was busy months ago I don't know you guys remember how crazy busy I was a few months back four or five months ago and and here today I can promise you right now at work I'm more busy than I was even back then but let me tell you something. I have made up of my mind, Brother Tuffy. If that, if that begins to even in the smallest amount begins to interfere with the church and with the, with the momentum that we have found in the Holy Ghost, then I'm going to begin to step back and I'm going to step away and God's going to have to provide in different different other places but I can tell you this much I know this that God is working in our midst right now amen we, we're not seeing lightning and thunder and fireworks and all that happening but let me tell you something God is working and if you're praying and you're seeking the face of God I can promise you you're feeling what I'm feeling when I'm praying and seeking God amen there, there is a move going on in the Holy Ghost amen and those that are hungry and are ready and willing to change. God is grabbing them and he's working on their hearts and God's reaching them. Amen. If you don't believe me, why don't you go look at the news. It's all over the place. Asbury, I think that's how you say it, Asbury University. Hundreds of people constantly, and, 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 and there's, been, there's been reports of these folks, they're, they're constantly repenting. There's a stir in the atmosphere, folks. It's not just here in Kansas. It's not just here in Lacine. It's all over this world right now. You know why? Because there's uncertainty. If people are looking for something that's real, something that, 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 that will change their life. Amen. I'm going to unpack that just a little bit more here in just a moment, but I want you to ride with me. Amen. God wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost. Repentance can only take you so far. You can't. You can't. You can't live for God only on repentance, my friends. Amen. You've got to allow that repentance to reach on the inside of you and allow it to change you. Amen. You're going to have to allow the Word of God, amen, after you repented to begin to dig deep into the heart, darkest places of your, of your heart. Amen. Allow God to have His way. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I, I can tell you this much. Amen. If, if, if somebody doesn't start proclaiming truth and people start getting a hold of truth at this university, amen, these people are going to have something that is just a fleeting experience. That's unfortunate. I'm not saying what they're, what they're doing isn't real. I, I want you to understand me. But they, the one thing that we understand is those that receive the Holy Ghost, if you get the true Holy Ghost, the Bible says the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into 
all the truth, not just a small sliver of the truth. God wants you to have the full revelation of the truth. He wants you to know what he was looking for in his word. He is, he is here. Amen. It's going to go beyond just a bunch of people gathering together in an auditorium and worshiping God for hours on end. But eventually they're going to have to have some word in there because if it's all spirit and no word, amen, it's going to fall apart. And the same is true if it's the opposite. If it's all word and there's no spirit, amen, there's not going to be any sustenance there. You've got to have the Holy Ghost involved in the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why why when we begin to dig into the word of the Lord and when you begin to read the word of God, I, I, I constantly encourage you, please don't just pick up the Bible without spending some time in prayer first. Because I'm not saying you have to pray right before you read the Bible. What I am saying is you need to have a consistent prayer life so that when you do pick up the Bible to read it, uh, your eyes can be opened because you've already aligned your spirit with his spirit. And he can open your eyes to what the words on the pages of his Bible, of his love letters to us, are saying to us. Hallelujah. This isn't, I'm, I'm, I'm doing more preaching than I am Bible studying tonight, but here we are. I, I, I'm still on my notes and I haven't devi- deviated too far. Amen. But I want you to under, understand, it is, it, is, it, is, it is amazing to me as I begin to look in the book of Acts chapter number 2. The only, and, and I, I, say, I, I said it incorrectly a while ago and I apologize. The Holy Ghost, in fact, Jesus called it a miracle that was greater than the miracles he accomplished here on earth. So there was a miracle that transpired on the day of Pentecost. Can I put it that way? But I want you to understand, there was nothing else happening on the day of Pentecost except the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And that was the only thing God had on his mind. He didn't care about anything else. He said, I know I got some people that are hungry. I know that because they went to Jerusalem and they spent time in prayer. Amen. I'm getting ahead of myself, so just ride ride with me. You you will understand that it was the right after, the very chapter right after Acts chapter number 2, chapter 3, you find the very first miracle in the early church. Okay? Amen. And and I'm not going to unpack that anymore. You get the point. What I'm trying to get across is, hey, God was only interested on the day of Pentecost pouring out his spirit upon those people. It meant everything to him was to come and abide in his church, which was to be his body. And the power, amen, the energy that communicated that the power of the Holy Ghost coming on you, Jesus had already communicated that with his disciples, and now... First off, they had to get the Holy Ghost. They had to get the same power that was, that, was, that was working through Jesus Christ on the earth. They had to get that same power on the inside so that God could use that power and begin to reach out to everybody else around them. That's why in Acts chapter number 3, that's when Peter reached down. My goodness, he said, hey, I don't have any silver or gold. He said, but such as I have, he said... I'm giving you. Why don't you get up and come on in the church with me and let's worship together. Amen. Praise God. Just get up and walk. But, but I want you to, I, 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 I always wondered until I began to study these pages, and that was, why did he reach down and grab him by the right hand? That may be part of it. But maybe I, you know what the right, huh? That's another part of it. But the most important part, do you know what the right hand ever always meant in the Bible? What did he have on the inside of him? Which was the power. And he was extending that power to the lame man. 
And he grabbed him. I, this, this is my opinion, all right? I'm not saying this is Bible, all right? I don't have anything to say, hey, this is right. But let me tell you something. He used his right hand, and he reached down, and he touched the man, and he picked him up, and he leaping up stood. He didn't even wait, amen, to start putting pressure on that ankle. The Bible says he just started leaping right on up because as soon as he they touched hand to hand, uh, this is how I picture it every time I read it. Amen. As soon as their hands touched, uh, amen, all of a sudden he felt something on the inside. It probably went from the bottom of his feet all the way to the top of his head. And he's sitting there, hey, alms. And the preacher grabbed his hand and he jumps up and he starts walking and leaping and praising God all the way into the house of the Lord because the the apostle Peter had the power that Jesus had been preaching about for so long. Now, ride with me for just a second while I lay a little bit more groundwork. With this power I'm talking about, he was able to reach down and, and, and see a healing in the lame man's life wasn't Peter who healed him. It was the power of God that healed him. Amen. We are commanded that we are to be witnesses everywhere. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he said there were a few places he mentioned specifically. He said, first off, Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a city in Judea. All right? So, what kind of people were they reaching in Jerusalem? Really simple. Jews. What kind of people were they reaching in Judea? Jews. And then he says, in Samaria. And he said, hey, we're going to take it a step further. It's not just Jews anymore, but we're going to the half-breeds now. We're going to the Jews slash Gentiles. And we're going to pour out the Holy Ghost on them. And then you read, uh, he said, to the uttermost part of the earth. And the Bible is very clear that that was the Gentiles. Amen. And I, I, it never ceases to amaze me. Jesus said it in this order. And guess what order it happened in? This order. The power of the Holy Ghost fell in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And then the next thing we read, I think it's Acts chapter number 8. Uh, they go down to Samaria and Peter, after Philip had been down there preaching and baptizing people in Jesus' name, he came down and laid his hands on people and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Where? In Samaria. And then you get to Acts chapter number 10 uh, and we read about a man named uh, uh, Cornelius and he begins to have, he's praying one day and an angel shows up and the angel says, hey, guess what? Go find a preacher. Now, my question to you is, why did he have to go find a preacher? Why didn't the angel just tell him what, what he needed to do? It's pretty simple, actually. The Bible says that he chose the foolishness of preaching to save them which believe. God had already set a precedent, and he wasn't going to break the precedent. So he sent an angel to say, hey, go find the preacher, Simon, who's called Peter, He's over here with Simon a Tanner, and I want you to send after him, and he's going to come preach and tell you what you need to do. And so he sent after Peter. And the reason why I know that it was the Gentiles, Cornelius was a Gentile, was because Peter, while he's there, he has a trance, falls into a trance, and God says, hey, amen, he said, hey, look, I'm going to put before you all of these beautiful animals, but every single one of those animals were considered unclean to the Jew. And, and God said to Peter, he said, man, Peter, go out there and grab something to eat, uh, cook it up and enjoy yourself. And Peter said, no, Lord, I'm not to this day ever put any unclean food in my mouth. And God said, all right, Peter, what I call clean, you better not call unclean. Now let's try this again. He set it out before him again. And Peter said it again. He said, Lord, I have never put anything unclean in my body. And God said, Peter, I said, if I call it clean, it's clean. Now, I want you to go downstairs 
and open the door because there's some people here knocking and they want to hear what the gospel is. And I want you to go with them and I want you to preach in the house they take you to the gospel of Christ. And I'm going to fill them with the Holy Ghost whether or not you like it or not. And guess what happened? And while Peter was yet speaking these words, uh, the Holy Ghost fell on all them. Uh, and, and they understood that this had happened to them. Why? Because they heard them speak with tongues uh, and glorify God. And when Peter saw that God had filled them with the Holy Ghost, he said, well, I guess God calls them clean. We better get them baptized in Jesus' name. And he didn't suggest that they get baptized in Jesus' name, but he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. The whole house, the whole house. He had a house full of people that were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they were not considered clean according to the Jews. But God said, hey, I'm going beyond your little limited mentality, and I'm going to fill whosoever I want to with the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to start with Cornelius' household. And the next thing we see, amen, all kinds of stuff begins to happen throughout the church. Then we almost pivot almost immediately to Paul's life and, and how think God began to use him. And uh, God used Paul because he, he, God saved Paul for a purpose. You realize that? They call him the apostle to the Gentiles because the Jews would not accept the apostle Paul. They, they considered him a traitor and didn't want to hear a word that he had to say. So he ended up being the one that God called to the Gentiles. He's the one that started all the church, the church in Corinth, the church in Ephesus, the church in Rome. He started all these churches, and he went around to them a couple of times. Amen. Until one day he, he was caught up. And, you know, you guys realize Paul didn't have to go to prison in Rome, but he felt so compelled that he had to testify before Caesar. He said, I've got to tell Caesar about Jesus. That's what he felt like his calling was. He said, I've got to get there. And because he compelled to Caesar, they said, well, too bad. The law states. He said, I've got to get to Caesar. I've got to be judged by Caesar. We have to send him to Caesar. As a Roman citizen, he has to go. Oh, man, I, that, I am way off of my notes right now. But I want you to understand, Jesus said, when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to get power. And that power is going to be given to you so that you can be witnesses in Jerusalem. And that's where they started. Judea, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the, the countryside that they were in. And then he said in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. That means that the disciples were uh, commanded by Jesus to spread the gospel into the entire world. Not just their world, but they were commanded to preach the gospel everywhere. Amen. That's what the God, Word of God says. The word witnesses has been translated by some martyrs. And they become witnesses of the truth, even with their very lives. Some of them died for the gospel's sake. Amen. It's interesting that before they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost... These people were different kinds of people. Just consider it with me for a second. Ten disciples ran from the trial of Jesus. Peter denies the Lord not just once, but three times. Only one of the disciples was present at Calvary when Jesus died. And that was John. And after the baptism of the Holy Ghost, guess what? The one who denied Jesus was proclaiming Jesus. After he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he became the spokesman on the day of Pentecost. And guess who all was standing behind him saying, Amen, preach, preacher, preach it, Peter. That's right. That's what Jesus taught us. Well, it was the ten that ran. It was John all of these guys were there. 
And they were amening what Peter had to say in Acts chapter number 2. You know how I know that? Glad you asked. Because in Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 14, the Bible tells us, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, so Peter is preaching, he's the one speaking now, and said unto them, Amen, you men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. But not only was Peter there standing, he wasn't standing by himself, amen, but the other 11 disciples stood beside him and were preaching him on when he was proclaiming Jesus. Now consider this. These men were there when Peter proclaimed, repent and be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now let me ask you something. You guys have seen me when other preachers are preaching. You've seen me stand to my feet and say amen. Let me ask you, why do I stand? Why when you get excited, when you really absolutely agree with me? I've seen some of you stand to your feet and say, man, that's right, preacher. I believe what you're talking about. That's the exact same reason these 11 were standing with Peter. And nowhere in the scripture do we see any of them saying, oh, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, Peter. Jesus said in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. No, because all 12 of them understood what Jesus said when he said, you need to be baptized in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. In fact, I was just reading before church tonight, and I came across a commentary, and this was a Trinitarian commentator. And you know what he said that Jesus was teaching his disciples to do? Was to baptize in his name. Not the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But he said he was teaching his disciples to baptize in his name. Now, I agree with that. I agree with that very statement. And the reason why I do is because I find the same exact uh, 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 command from Jesus. You need to go baptize in my name. We're going to read a scripture here in just a few minutes, and, and, and you'll see, and I could take you to many scriptures that will, will declare these very things. Now, as, as we go through this, and I, I don't know if I'm going to get to the point that I wanted to get to, amen, maybe I'll, get, I'll just have to wait till next week to, to discuss a little bit more. But I, I want you to understand, Jesus was there, I mean, uh, Peter was there preaching, Yet Peter had been the one that had said, Lord, uh, he, he even started cussing like a sailor, if you can let me put it that way, so that nobody would know, hey, I, I'm not like him. There's no way. He don't talk like that. In fact, he condemns people talking like that. Amen. And, and uh, so I'm not going to, I want to separate myself as far as I can from Jesus. But yet Peter was the one with the keys to the kingdom of heaven because he had a revelation of who Jesus was. And God used that on the day of Pentecost. Now, I, I want to go on in, in this chapter, in Acts chapter 1, and verse number 9. I want you to follow along with me here. Acts chapter 1, verse number 9. And when he had spoken these things, talking about Jesus, while they beheld, that's a fancy way of saying while they were looking, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, Luke didn't just record this in Acts chapter 1, but he also said this in, Acts, in Luke chapter 24. So if you go with me to Acts, uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 50 and 51, Luke chapter 24, verses 50 and 51, <clears throat> you're going to find here in verse 50, and he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And verse 51, and it came to pass, while he blessed them, he departed from them and carried up into heaven. He was carried into heaven. Now, a few things I want to point out, very simple things. This, these passages of Scripture are depicting something we're going to see happen in days to come. We're going to see some things happen. Just like Jesus went into heaven, we're going to see him come back. 
just like he went. You say, how are we going to do that? Number one, we, 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 we serve a victorious God. He rose from the grave, and he rose from the earth to get into heaven. And as he went up to heaven, the Bible says the clouds caught him up and took him on up in there. This is a very vivid picture of what we're going to see in the rapture, in the end time. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 through 18 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or, pre- or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, where? In the clouds. To meet the Lord, where? In the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We're going to see something transpire when the time is over. And you're going to see Jesus in the clouds again. But this time, he's not the one rising into the clouds. But we will be the ones rising into the clouds. What a glorious day that will be. Amen. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There to sing forever is amazing grace. Amen. I want you to understand the, the second coming of the Lord should not be something that is fearful for those of us that have the Holy Ghost. In fact, Paul told the church at Thessalonica, he said, you need to comfort one another with these words that I'm telling you here right now. There's going to be a day we're getting out of this crazy old world. We don't have to face this old crazy life anymore. Jesus ascended in the sight of his disciples. They didn't see Jesus come out of the grave, but they did witness him go into heaven. He vanished out of their sight into a cloud and that cloud received him that day and just like Jesus went up there amen we're going to be received up there as well Acts chapter 1 verses 10 and 11 says and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up behold two men stood by them in white apparel which also said you men of Galilee why stand you gazing into heaven this same Jesus which is taken from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go in to heaven. Amen. I'll submit to you tonight that the second coming of Jesus will happen in the same way. Amen. It's going to happen physically. There's going to be physical beings going up into heaven. Amen. On that second coming, it's going to be visible. Amen. There are going to be people that are wondering what in the world is going on. This world is going to see it happen and we're going to be received into the clouds. Amen. That's what the Bible tells us is going to happen, not just in one place, but in two places. Amen. First Thessalonians tells us, and these angels that were there the day that Jesus ascended to heaven, amen, they proclaimed, this is what's going to happen. Just like Jesus went up, you're going to go up just like him. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. This is one of those things where I, I, I believe, Brother, Brother Mendez, that when that trumpet begins to blow, there are going to be a lot of flying people around. Everybody's going to be looking up in the sky. Oh, look, it's a bird. Oh, that's two birds. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a plane. Oh, no. What is going on around here? <laughs> that's Pastor Hilton. That's why all these movies, they, they got all, and all these ideas of where they, they got clothes, empty clothes just laying on the ground. That's not what the Bible shows us, though. I, I don't know. All I'm telling you is what we read from the Scripture. 
I just read two passages in your hearing tonight of depictions of what it's going to be like when we go to heaven. Now, you better believe I've used that uh, disappearing out of your clothes trick a couple of times on my friends. When I was a teenager, we did that to one of my buddies. Like, he had to go to the bathroom, and he had been in there for a long time. And so we all grabbed our, took our shoes off, and it was wintertime. We took our jackets off, and, and most of us had a, we had an overcoat and a, and a suit coat on. And so we left them all there in, in the restaurant, in our, in, our, in our seats, and we all left the restaurant. And we went and hid in the back seat of our cars and laid it right down in the seat. And next thing we know, Nathan Nance, he was texting and calling us, where you guys at? What's going on? And none of us were answering our phone. And man, that, that was it was funny, right? He, he had a, he had a minor heart attack that night, but believe it or not, we had to go back in there and get our clothes and and our get our shoes back on. But what I'm saying is, there's going to be a day that people are going to wonder what in the world's just happened. Oh, I can't wait until that day, Jesus. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. The resurrection brought Jesus back to them, but now he had to go away for one purpose. That's so that the Holy Ghost could come back. John 14 and 19, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall also live. Luke gives us an account of the, of the ascension in his gospel. I read that to you a few moments ago. Uh, actually, I didn't. This is another passage, and it says in Luke chapter 24, verse 33, 30 through 32 says, And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Do not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures. Mark also tells us of his, of his ascension in his gospel. Mark chapter 16 and 19 says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. The ascension is just a continuation of his resurrection. He didn't leave us comfortless, but he came to us. And one is lacking without the other. If he didn't resurrect, he couldn't have ascended. And he couldn't have come back to live inside of us. But because he resurrected and because he ascended into the heavens, he now abides in our lives. Now there are a couple of other times in the scripture, and I'm going to close with this tonight. Because this next section, I promise you, we will be here a long time. And we will all fall asleep, including me. No, I'm just kidding. This, this stuff is good stuff. We're going to talk about next week, the disciples' obedience to the words of Jesus. That's imperative, folks. That is, that is where I wanted to unpack not only that, but I wanted to unpack some things about Asbury. I'm excited about what's happening over there at that, that university. But somehow they've got to obey the word as well as the spirit. Amen. Praise God. But Enoch of old and the prophet Elijah are also two other men who walked with God and were not because God took them. Neither one of those men died an earthly death. Elijah was taken in the sight of Elisha. Enoch was not taken in the sight of any man, but God took him. Amen. I, I can just imagine, Brother Tuffy, what it would be like to have that kind of relationship with God. That would be so amazing. Think about it. Enoch walked with God. And as he walked with God, I, I, I just imagine it this way, okay? Can, can I just be, just, just dwell with me in my folly for a moment. Fifty, yeah, yeah, that's right. For a long time, he walked with God. He lived a shorter time span than anybody else in that era. But he didn't die 
Well, I say lived. He lived in time shorter than anybody else. But Enoch, I, can, I always think about it this way. He, he gets up every day, and he meets God. And he's walking with God. Come on with me for a sec. And they're just spending the day together. They're walking and they're talking together. Just like they're best friends. And you know, days went by and they were closer. and They departed their ways. And God went to his house and Enoch went to his house. I know God's everywhere, so just, just ride with me for a minute. Next day, Enoch walks, wakes up, and he gets up, and he meets with God again, and they start walking. And today, they, they took a stroll, and it took them a little bit further. And then it was time to break off, and they went, have a good night. Enoch went home, got some sleep. For 350 years or, or somewhere in that ballpark, this happened every day. They had a good relationship. And you know what happened one day? They got to walking and talking, enjoying their time together. The next thing Enoch realizes, God reaches over and says, Enoch, you know what? We're closer to my house than we are to your house. Why don't you just come on home with me today? I wonder, I wonder if we could get that kind of relationship with God. Now, one thing that I'm really chalking up to these guys over there at that university is they've put their college agendas aside. They've put their work agendas aside. You have people driving across the nation to get to that college and to experience what they're experiencing. I'm not there. I can't tell you what they're experiencing. But people are looking for something that is legit and something that's real. And something that's lasting. It's been, what, a week now? Today is a week. And it's, it's, I'm telling you, folks, it's amazing. But worship and repentance can only get you so far. And the, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I've heard some of the same things. But somebody with authority in the word of God is going to have to eventually stand up for and begin to proclaim the word of God like Peter did on the day of Pentecost in order for all of this to be pulled together and revelation to come to the people that are seeking after God. Does that make sense today? They have to follow what Jesus has declared and commanded. Yes. It was, I actually, I actually listened today to the teaching that was taught right before the initial praise and worship time and, and praying time that they had. And uh, what the guy had to say was really good. You know what he was talking about? Pretty simple. He said, you've got to give your everything to God. Complete and utter surrender. And he got to talking about how, sounds familiar, doesn't it? I've been talking about that a little bit around here, haven't I? It's, and he said, you guys, if you really want God to do things in your life, you're going to have to put everything aside in life and allow God to work. And somebody took him literally that day, and here we go. We got a group of people, three, two, three churches now that, that are full of people seeking after the, the face of God. That's beautiful. I love repentance. It's, it's amazing. The pictures I've seen, I'm telling you folks, it's beautiful. But let's let's dig deep. This is these are the things that would happen. that's what happened in the in Azusa. You can sit down, brother. I'm, I appreciate it. But this is what happened at Azusa. This is what happened. You know, uh, I, I saw a conversation today. Am I ready to just embrace the whole thing as this is absolute truth and this is this is absolutely what's going on? No, I'm not. Because of this reason. I'm watching and I'm waiting. I haven't felt God call me to go there to help or to work. 
I haven't. Otherwise, I would have said, okay, guys, I'm packing up. I'm heading over there. But I can tell you this much. Gamaliel said it the best. We got some folks, I saw it today on Facebook, that were declaring that this was not of God. And this was just a bunch of hocus pocus. And I, I said, brother, you've got to be careful. But I can tell you this much. Gamaliel said it the best. He said, Bru-, he said, men, this is when they were trying to determine whether the disciples were teaching the truth or not. And Gamaliel looked at that Sanhedrin that day, and he said, I think it was the Sanhedrin, maybe it was, I don't know who all it was there that day that Gamaliel was speaking to. And he told them, he said, that they were the leaders of the temple. And he said, men, he said, we have seen many false, false Jesus. We have seen many false Christ arise, and we have seen them fall by the wayside. He said, let time tell. I'm, I'm, I'm abbreviating, all right? He said, let time tell whether or not this is true and of God or not. If it's of God, it will stand. If it's not, it will come to an end. It will. And so I say that about what's transpiring today. You know what? Because when it starts happening here, and we start seeing an influx of people coming because they're hungry, and they found a place that is open and allows them to worship God as they can. Let me tell you something. When they start filling these doors, I want people to look at our way and say, hey. Well, there may be some people say, well, that's not of God. But let me tell you something. Just watch and see. If it's of God, it will continue. If it's not of God, it will cease. That's how it works. Amen. Truth will always stand. And a false will always fail. Amen. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. I can't wait to see Jesus. And I think there's a bunch of people, amen, all over this world that are ready to go see Jesus. And I know there's a bunch that are wondering, hey, am I ready to see Jesus? And you know whose job it is to go tell them how to get ready to see Jesus? You and me. We got to go out there and tell them, hey, it's time to go find a place of repentance. You need to do that first. And then when you repented, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, you got you to gotta bury that old dead man. And then, guess what? You can resurrect a new life by that infilling. Amen. God is good. God is faithful. Amen. Praise God. I was hoping to get a lot long further into this. Amen. I'm about halfway through what I brought tonight. But I, I, I feel like this is where we need to be. And when we wake up tomorrow... Guess, guess who's praying for those people in, As, in, in, in Asbury? Yeah, I am. Because I know when you get that many people together, there are a bunch of sincere people looking for something that's right and lasting, and they're going to find it. And they're going to seek out because they're not going to be satisfied. It will. It will. I've said this a hundred times, and I'm probably going to be crucified from preacher friends across the nation, but I'm going to tell you this. The Holy Ghost, that's right. The Holy Ghost, I believe there are people sitting on all kinds of different church pews. God's filled with the Holy Ghost at one time or another. And they're not satisfied where they're sitting. Because that Holy Ghost that's on the inside said, hey, there's something more than what I'm experiencing here right now. Uh, there's got to be something more. And they're going to find a place that they can continue to grow. Let me tell you something. I'm not that guy that likes to sit back. And when I reach that place where I'm bumping the ceiling, I want to find a, a taller place that I can continue to grow. Does that make sense to you? Amen. I, I, I tell you, even in business, I, I don't like just... I don't like just going as far as I can. They, they call this thing the, the glass ceiling. If I keep hitting the glass ceiling and I can't go any further, guess what? I'm going to find me another place that that glass ceiling is either higher or there is none. One of the two. And I'm going to find a place I can continue to grow. And if I can do that in my business life, why can't I do it in my, in my relationship with Jesus Christ? Because I can promise you the sky is the limit. No, let me rephrase that. Eternity is the limit. And if you can find a limit in eternity, then that's the limit that you can go in God. 
That's all I have to say. I want to be a book of church acts. I mean, I want to be a book of acts church. I want to be a book of church acts. I want to be a book of acts church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Can we stand to our feet tonight? And let's ask God to help us be like those people were and have that kind of hunger that those folks had. Can we do that right now? Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for what you have done in this place tonight. I, I have felt your touch and your anointing in so many instances in this service. And I'm asking you, God, somehow let us leave this place, Lord, with a greater determination, Lord, to see your glory manifest in our midst. God, I'm asking, God, that you would pour out your anointing, Lord Jesus, even today, God, Lord, those that are hungry, that they may find you, Lord. Lord, I know that around this world and even in this community of Lacey, and in this Lynn County region, Lord, I know there are hungry hearts. God, help us. Help us be there when they're looking for you that they may find you in us. We thank you for your goodness. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, Friday night, we're going to have our adult night out. And we're going to be, I have no idea where we're going. I need to call, find out. Donnie, you're welcome to come with us. We're going to go bowling somewhere. We're going to go just spend just a bunch of adults having a good time and uh, spending time together. We were talking about going to Pinstripes over here on 135th and Prairie Fire. Uh, it's actually 135th and Nall. And there's the Prairie Fire uh, place. There's Pinstripes and AMC. There's the Andes. And then there's a chicken chicken and pickles there as well. <coughs> and so Pinstripes is the bowling alley, but if we get bored with bowling, we can walk over to Chicken and Pickle and play some pickleball or some ping pong or something to that effect. And so I'm going to call. I got to call them first thing tomorrow and find out if they're in the openings Friday night because guess what? who got busy and didn't get a chance to call this week. So I hope that we can find a lane somewhere, a uh, couple of them, and we'll have a good time. I'm sure we'll find something some somehow. So anyway, God bless y'all. Um, my thinking is we'll probably meet here at the church. Uh, I'll, I'll text everybody because it's going to determine when we get the lanes by when we need to actually meet up. So anyway, also reminding those of you that are wanting to go to the marriage retreat on Saturday at 10 in the morning, um, you're welcome to go and uh, encouraged to go. Anyway. God bless you all. Find somebody to bring them to church with you Sunday. Amen. Let God fill them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. He can do it. Praise God. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.